Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 139. I've been betrayed, conned, or hoodwinked. It's October 31st, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and clearly podcaster. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. I have been betrayed, conned, or hoodwinked, or any number of other (laughs) ways to describe that. Before I start diving into this very painful subject, I do have a few housekeeping notes. Number one, number one, if you're following my podcast, I am still at the rehab facility from my car accident on Labor Day, although... I am being released this week, uh, just in time for my speech at a conference. Uh, So bear with me as I am minimizing and dealing with background noise in the facility. So I will be starting and stopping the recording consistent with any comings and goings of trays, people, carts, noise, you name it, doors opening and all that stuff. If you happen to be new to my content, I would love it if you would visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway, which is, I'm taking entries, but the the winners are not going to be drawn and notified until 2024 because I'm not walking and I'm minimizing how many favors I need to ask from people until I can walk and, and walk until I can do, you know. All right, so there's that. Uh, Here's my disclaimer. Nothing in this podcast is designed to be medical or therapy advice. If you need medical or therapy advice, please seek a licensed healthcare provider. That's where you should get therapy advice. If you are listening to this podcast and you are feeling down in the dumps, deeply depressed, suicidal, as if your life is not worth living, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. If you understood how common this issue is, I think you would feel better right away. If you understood probably much of feeling suicidal is related to childhood trauma or adverse experiences, you would probably feel like completely uh, like a different person. So there is help available. Please get the help that you need and because your life is worthwhile. Your life is worth living. I promise you, even though I don't even know you, I promise you that. My last housekeeping note is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. Now, if you're in that community, I do have pod, uh, transcripts of my podcasts on my hosting platform, which is rss.com. If you're not, but you know people who are in the deaf or hard of hearing community, please let them know that I have transcripts to help them because they have the regular life struggles and then they have additional hardships they have to deal with. Okay. And by the way, probably in 2024, the transcripts will also be on my website, but that 
that project has kind of fallen as a low priority given other things. Okay, so I have been betrayed, conned, or hoodwinked. You could say swindled, you could say cheated, you could say robbed. There are a lot of different ways you could describe being betrayed, conned, or hoodwinked. I'm using the terms betrayed, conned, or hoodwinked because betrayal is a big part of it in common. And by the way, so the definition of betrayal broadly, in a broad sense, is a voluntary violation of mutually known pivotal expectations of the truster by the trusted party or the trustee, which has the potential to threaten the well-being of the trustor. Now that's from um, some research by Aylan Govan and Shapiro, 1998, page 548. So one thing that's important with this betrayal definition that they provided is that there is a, a violation of expectations that could, has the potential to threaten the well-being of someone else. A con in the dictionary is used to describe to deceptively gain another's trust or confidence in a ruse, also a swindle or to manipulate. And hoodwinked is to deceive or swindle by deception. I will say, if you're new to my podcast, oh, I have been swindled, hoodwinked, conned, and betrayed too many times in life. So I have personal experience about the personal upfront and betrayal in, in many different forms. So I want to give you a little background on betrayal from a uh, psychological analysis by S. Rochman. So betrayal is the sense of being harmed. So in, inherent in the definition of betrayal is this sense of being harmed by either intentional actions or omissions of actions. So it's intentional actions or omissions of a trusted person. Now, some common forms of betrayal include disclosures of confidential information, disloyalty, infidelity, dishonesty. And these, these actions can cause another human being to have considerable distress, like considerable. So that could include being shocked, like having a sense of loss, the grief, uh, and, and it can damage self-esteem, cause people to self-doubt, be angry. It, it's, it can be very, very life-altering and it can be, uh, there are some betrayals that are really uh, catastrophic in nature. And these things can cause a whole host of health problems. So we don't want to minimize betrayal, but I do think that we live in a society, which I'll talk about a little bit later, where betrayal is, is kind of minimized. And this kind of goes back to my podcast on The Emperor Has No Clothes. We are we are normalizing bad behavior, and we are taking good behavior and making it abnormal. Now, there is a woman from the University of Oregon, Jennifer Freyd, F-R-E-Y-D. She's a PhD. She's the originator, from what I can tell, of betrayal trauma theory and betrayal trauma, which is fascinating research, and her webpage on the, at the University of Oregon has a really great list of resources but we're not really talking about this in society. We are not. And so betrayal trauma is a form of trauma 
where there's been a betrayal. Now there's betrayal trauma and there's also institutional betrayal. So this is something that we want to bring into the everyday language of people. So one of the essence of betrayal is also fraud. There's some fraud, and this can come in many forms. So there's public betrayals and there are private betrayals and everything in between. One of the more uh, widely known public, or it became public, forms of betrayal uh, involved Bernie Madoff, who defrauded approximately, I've read, 37,000 people, plus or minus, so he had a Ponzi scheme, and he defrauded people allegedly of $65 billion, which now I have read more recently that it's actual net net of $20 billion. Well, $20 billion, $65 billion, let's not, you know, potatoes, potatoes. He defrauded and betrayed over a period of about approximately 40 years 37,000 people. So this was a deep betrayal. Uh, the fraud was so bad for some of his customers that they committed suicide. Now, these were not, these were relatively educated people, mostly, and also wealthy. So the thing about betrayal or fraud, betrayal or fraud, being conned or hoodwinked, is it typically knows no socioeconomic status, no educational status, no gender, no sexual orientation, no age, this, no religion. This type of thing, behavior of betrayal or fraud, crosses all of those. It's not limited to, well, it just happens to men or it just happens to women or it just happens to, you know, people of this race or that, you know, whatever. Uh, it's, a, it's a common thing. Now, that's a, that was a public so there's many kinds of public betrayals. We, we, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna list all the public betrayals, but to give you an idea, some of them involve, some of them involve governments where governments have betrayed their constituents or their, their citizens. Public companies have involved in all kinds of fraud or betrayal, and the, the list goes on and on and on. Then there are private betrayals or private fraud, and much of that comes in the form of marriages or relationships or friendships or families or at work or in partnerships, organizations, sports. There, there's just no place where this does not happen, unfortunately. And it's, it's you know, you could, you, could, you could have your partner cheat on you, married or not married. And that's a betrayal. I mean, who gets married or who is in a relationship with another human being expecting them to, to betray them? It's not what we expect. Now, you could have all of your money stolen. You could have all of your money and assets stolen. Oh, yeah, that's a betrayal. I'm laughing. That's not, that is not funny. But it is a little bit funny that uh, I got through it and I'm happy. Ha, ha. Domestic abuse and domestic violence are two other forms of betrayal slash fraud, which are nasty, can be deadly, very painful, uh, threats of harm. Smear campaigns are another form of betrayal. Boy, if you've, if you've never been the target of a smear campaign, I hope you never are. They're, they're nasty. They're bad. Threats of harm. There are many, 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 my point is, forms of betrayal. Now, for children, for a child under the age of 18, or even a child that could be 25 or 30, not feeling 
loved by their parent, not feeling loved by whoever's responsible for raising them, not having love and affection is a betrayal. Children are born into the world and they are designed and made to be loved and given love and affection. It, love and affection is a critical aspect of being human. Now, if you have a child who has overly critical parents, that can be a betrayal because the child is then never good enough. Nothing they ever do measures up. And so the child grows up and it, it is a betrayal because it's false. It's a false notion that nothing they ever do is good enough. Then there are parents who have addictions or engage in inappropriate behavior. These are also betrayals. Children are designed to be loved, cared for, nurtured, given food, shelter, a safe environment, and education. And the things that interrupt the basic needs of a child constitute, in my opinion, from what I've read, a betrayal. Now, how does this happen? Well, it happens for a number of reasons. And part of the reason it happens is because we as society are not too hip, we're not too with it on the tactics of manipulation. So I'm going to cover uh, a list of, of the top more common. There are so many ways that betrayal comes about and so many different kind of weapons of betrayal. So this is a good partial list. Lying, and I mean lying by outright lying or lying by omission or lying by half-truths, half-lies, some version. Gaslighting, triangulation. Oh, if you do not know about triangulation, put that on your list. Economic abuse, splitting, scapegoating, double bind, projection, minimizing, and I mean minimizing either you as a person, minimizing your emotions, minimizing the situation, or minimizing any aspect of what's going on. Stalking, and that could be stalking electronically or in person or both. Blaming, name calling, demeaning, diminishing or dismissing you or your emotions or any part of what's going on. Changing the subject is another tactic of manipulation to take your take you out of your off the game. My next one, you might not see written anywhere else, I don't know, but saying I don't remember or I forget or I forgot on a regular basis, in my opinion, in my experience, in my decades of experience, is absolutely a tactic of manipulation that should be in every everybody else's list, but I, I don't know that it is, I don't believe it is, because this is a great way for a manipulator who's, who's trying to pull off a betrayal to be off the hook. Because it's, it's kind of one of those things, it's hard to come back and say, oh, really, you don't remember? Like, that's a little hard to argue about. Threats, both direct and indirect, smear campaigns, and false na narratives. Now, false narratives, we're not talking about that very much either, but they're frequently involved in a betrayal, whether they're knowingly false or unwittingly false. So that's 17 different tactics or behaviors or ruses that uh, someone who is perpetuating or engaging in a betrayal or fraud will frequently use, and they'll frequently use multiple forms, multiple tactics. And there are other tactics, but that gives you a good list of the common ones. Now, who does this type of thing? Well, 
first of all, we have people who are predators. They're simply evil, and they look for people to betray, to use, to, to take their money, to, you know, have a baby with so they can have a baby daddy or a baby mommy. Like, there are people who, who are predators. We, and some of the people who are predators are actually psychopaths. So we have psychopaths, sociopaths, mentally unwell or unstable people, abusers, evil people, soul crushers, greedy people, selfish people, people who have low emotional intelligence or low self-awareness, both men and women. This is not gender specific. You can use any pronoun you want. People do this. Men, women, he, she, they, whoever. It's, this is across the board. This is not limited to a gender or an orientation. So the next question is, well, who, who do they target? Well, <laughs> unfortunately, they target anybody they think they can get away with it. They will target anyone, anyone they can, anyone they think is fair game. There's nobody who's off limits. They will target the elderly and steal their last dime. They will target someone who's down on their luck and just try to decimate them. So they will target good people, people who are wealthy, people who are poor. They will target just about anybody, uh, including people who are trusting, but they will also target people who are not trusting because if they're really good at the art of the con, then they get a little extra jolly from that, that they, got, they betrayed somebody who had trust issues. Now, um, so basically, they target people who can give them what they want. What is it that they want? Do they want a marriage to cover up their double life? Well, there are people who want a marriage to somebody who is uh, <laughs> good, somebody who's good, because that gives them a cover. Like the people wouldn't be so suspecting of them. They might. So, what do they want? They might want children. They might want marriage. They might want your money. Like, what do you have that they want? And that, that's who they're going to target. I mean, I found out I was targeted because I had money. I had my own house. I had this amazing, beautiful life. I was happy. And I had just the right temperament for the predator that I bumped into. So the next piece of this, so you get the idea. It's, it's common. It happens all over the place. It's, it's, it's just, it's ubiquitous. So what happens to people, though, if they are betrayed? And sometimes the betrayal is simply you gave somebody information that they didn't deserve. That, for some people, is a terrible, terrible trauma that is uh, deeply problematic. So for many people, uh, a betrayal constitutes a trauma. For everyone, probably not. But for most people, for a high percentage of people, uh, a betrayal, being conned, being defrauded, hoodwinked, that constitutes a trauma for most people. Now, you know, infidelity is a huge betrayal that if you really look at society, it seems to me we have really kind of dumbed that down and we become numb to it, where there's no like, oh my gosh, what a terrible thing. But for the person who has been cheated on, it is a horrible thing. And I suggest to you it is a horrible thing because there's an intention, there's, there's a consciousness and intention to affairs and a knowing that somebody's gonna be hurt. So this is not like happening in a vacuum where it's an accident 
well, people will say it's an accident, but whatever. Having your money stolen is a trauma. Trust me, people, having all of your money stolen and being left with debt is a huge trauma. And you'll get through it. If that happened to you, trust me, I'm your girl. I'll help you get through it. Now, many people in the world end up unwittingly, unwittingly in domestic abuse. Why? Because they were conned. They were hoodwinked. They got into a relationship. They fell in love. They thought the person was a good person because the good the person they married or or they were in a relationship doesn't have to be marriage. You know, gave them just enough that they really couldn't see the person for who they were. They were wearing a mask. So, domestic abuse. People don't go. Oh yeah, I think that woman is going to abuse me. I think I'll get with her. Oh, I think that man is going to abuse me. I'll get with him. That is not what people say. No, they don't do it on purpose. It's not, it's not on purpose. So then what happens is sometimes when you've been betrayed, so you could be betrayed by a parent or a sibling or a spouse or your child or whomever, but sometimes then you'll have a trauma bond with the person who betrayed you. That's actually, I think, way more common. I just learned about betrayal betrayal trauma, betrayal blindness, trauma bonding earlier this year. And it's fascinating to me because I think trauma bonding is extremely, extremely high and very common. But if we didn't know it, how would we know? And, and then there's um, betrayal blindness where sometimes people have to kind of turn a little bit of a blind eye to the betrayal for some other reason. So, um, this is really devastating to people. And how you end up will depend on the skills and abilities that you have at the time of the betrayal and what you do after the betrayal to kind of get your mojo back or get your skills back. And it will also depend on your attitudes and beliefs. It will depend on so many things. Now, one thing we're not talking about every day, all the time in society, which we should be, of course, is the physical, emotional, cognitive, and behavioral reactions to betrayal, or in this case, to trauma. Because for most people, betrayal is going to be a trauma. Well, pretty much most diseases that we see in the world, or you know, in, in science and medicine at this point, could be operative word is could be a reaction to a trauma or to a betrayal or to being conned or duped or whatnot. And so I'm going to talk to you, give you some different um, examples of things that are physical reactions, gastrointestinal distress, shivering, sweating, fainting, muscle tremors, uncontrollable shaking, elevated heartbeat, respiration, or blood pressure, extreme fatigue or exhaustion, sleep disturbances, nightmares, focus on body aches and pains, having digestive changes or lower resistance to colds and infections, elevated cortisol levels, levels. and in long-term health, health effects, including heart, liver, autoimmune, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Those are known in the research to be physical, reactions to trauma or betrayal. Now, interestingly enough, so this all falls under psychoneuroimmunology, which is your mind and your emotions and your body are physically connected. And I will say that 
I have this huge betrayal. I won't give more details, but humongous, like, oh. And I ended up in the ER, like, two or three days after, like, the worst news. And I didn't connect it. I, I kind of I was thinking, oh, could, could this be because of what I just found out? Uh, that being like all of my all of my money was stolen, all of my assets, and I was left with a lot of debt. Like that was the that was what I found out. And I ended up in the ER. Well, I've never been in the ER. Well, okay, now I had a tragic car accident Labor Day, so now I've been in the ER twice in three years. But so I end up in the ER. Well, on the way to the hospital, they gave me a breathing treatment, and I felt like better right away. But you don't get to like say turn around, and take me back. So I'm in the ER, and like I'm like all fine because they gave me breathing treatment, and it wasn't until I went to see my family doctor, but that was a, it was a Friday, um, I think. Anyway, went to see my family doctor on Monday, and he said, there is no way, there is no way you were ever in the ER this weekend. There is no way. It is not possible. I don't believe it. I said, well, you, ha you have the records there. You know it's true. He said, I know, but you look like perfectly fine. I said, oh, well, it didn't occur to me, oh, well, I just found out this horrible big news because I am a slow processor with my emotions, and it would take me way, way, it would take me forever to process that and put it together. But with psychoneuroimmunology, we know that getting bad news or finding out about a betrayal, maybe not the same day, maybe not the next day, maybe not even the next week, but at some point could impact your physical health. Now, it can cause depression, anxiety, mood swings, sadness, shame. It can cause racing thoughts, memory problems, being indecisive, not being able to concentrate, and all kinds of behavioral problems, including um, addictions. So this is a big problem that we in society are not acknowledging. We're not acknowledging, in my humble opinion, the emotions that people feel. Well, I will tell you that a lot of people, many people, feel shame and embarrassment when they have been betrayed, conned, hoodwinked, swindled, or whatnot. That's, it's okay to feel shame and embarrassment. And, and people also are depressed, they might be shocked, they might ha start having anxiety, sad. Some people suffer so badly they commit suicide. Many people will keep it a secret if they've been betrayed, and that's okay too. Um, but unfortunately, some people are, are literally ruined by the betrayal. Like their life will never be the same. And, and as sad as that is, I talked to the executive director of the uh, women's shelter, a, a, we'll say retired now, and, and she was saying about my, my divorce that it was the worst she'd ever seen. And she said, Lucy, you don't know how those outcomes ruin people for life. They ruin people for life. And people blame themselves. Well, I know the law, and I know how to read the law, and I also know when something isn't right, um, but I don't believe of letting anyone or anything ruin my life. Nothing. I will not give that much power to another person, to another organization, to another entity, to an employer. To, no, nobody gets that much power. Nobody. And that is not how many people view it. So what we need to do is really start bringing love and compassion to the table when someone has gone through a betrayal. Really like a whopping huge love and compassion. They don't need, like, when someone's coming out of domestic abuse, they do not need to be talked down to, like, how did you end up like that? Well, go 
go look up the analogy of boiling the frog. That's how they ended up that way. They didn't like jump in the scalding water going, oh yeah, he's going to abuse me, bring it on. No, no, that's not how it goes, people. You know, so we have all these emotions that, because betrayal is hard. Betrayal is so hard. Being conned, being hoodwinked, whether it's, you know, information that you were betrayed with or it's financial or relationship. So this is a very important, it's a very common. So one of the things I want to talk about is, well, if it's so bad for us, which it is, we know from the research, betrayal is mostly a trauma, not always, but mostly. And we know from the research, from the trauma research, that, you know, if you look up the adverse childhood experiences research, they can tell you, based on your adverse childhood experience test, the ACE test, you know, what, how much higher percentage you are likely to get cancer or some other disease based on your ACE score. Like that's how far into the research we are. We, they give percentages. If you have an A score of four or more, you have a whatever percentage higher chance of getting cancer. So this is not like made up. This is real science where we know trauma is bad and bad for people. So why is it being perpetuated? What is going on that allows trauma to be so pervasive and so prevalent? Well, I have a couple of a short list. And I, I'm reading this short list because I would like a new day where people are happy, people are healthy, and where the people who are the psychopaths and the narcissists and the sociopaths and the abusers, we have, we have kind of isolated or insulated ourselves from them and, and there's an awareness and they're not doing that because it's so bad for people. So what perpetuates this? Number one, in my humble opinion, I will own this as my opinion. I am not saying you will see this in the research anywhere, but I am of the opinion, having watched this for a lifetime, separate from my own situation and including it, is that no fault divorce contributes to this. No fault divorce basically means there's no good guy or bad guy. And that leads means that a man or a woman, or he, she, they, whoever, can do the most heinous, horrific, awful betrayals and nasty, nasty stuff, and they get to walk off scot-free. They're not held accountable. There's no accountability. And then they get to go off and do it again to somebody else because we're not handing out scarlet letters to those people. I'm not suggesting we go back to scarlet letters or anything like that. I'm just saying this is perpetuates it. There's no, no fault divorce, I don't think, is helping society in the area of betrayal and betrayal trauma and being conned and, and hoodwinked. And, and I just don't think that's helpful. I really don't. I think that's part of the problem. Number two, and I will stand by this, is that we have, in America at least, in my opinion, I will own this as my opinion, almost no oversight on attorneys, judges, and the legal system. Now, before you get in an argument with me, I am very well aware of the recourses for a bad attorney and a bad judge. And let me tell you, it's smoke and mirrors BS. In my opinion, it is BS. And I say that with experience. Yes, I understand we have these quote unquote recourses. That's just bull. It's bull, bull, bull. The same thing for corrupt or bad judges. 
No, we don't, they get to stay on the bench for 10 years. And then the worst ones, guess what? They get to run unopposed in a certain way and get reelected with no one opposing them. But people don't know they're running on retention, meaning that no one can oppose them. Like, what is that? There should be no running on retention. You want to be a judge? Good, be a judge. And when your term is up, you have to run again. But no, we have retention in Pennsylvania, so bad judge goes, gets to run under retention. They can't oppose, nobody can oppose them. It's like, it's ridiculous. All right. Uh, so basically, no one is being called out on bad behavior. Even if it doesn't involve a divorce or a judge or the legal system, people are doing horrible things, talking about it with their coworkers, talking about it with their neighbors, Oh, I took all of my brother's blah, blah, blah equipment that my dad left for him and, you know, just because he doesn't deserve it. And people don't go, oh, your father left that to your brother and you took it? That's terrible. No, people don't say that. They just turn a blind eye to it because who would want to say that to their neighbor or their coworker? Well, guess what? You're perpetuating. When you don't say to people the truth, wow, you did that to your child? Wow, I'm really, I'm so shocked. I don't know what to say, but I don't think that's very nice. Like that would, that would make a difference, people. We hear people talking about their children in the worst ways in the world, and no one says a thing. Well, mostly people don't say a thing. I say something. <laughs> and uh, part of this is smear campaigns. That's another one. So smear campaigns are common, and the people who do them are usually psychopaths, narcissists, sociopaths, you know, abusers, and they get away with it. Now, occasionally, every once in a while, when somebody good who has a backbone bumps up against the smear campaign, they will have the gumption and guts to say, well, you're full of it. That's a lie. You're blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, well, we have flying monkeys who are unwitting participants because they don't know, and we have flying monkeys who are flying monkeys because they bought into the lies and the and the BS. But smear campaigns perpetuate betrayal and the trauma associated with it. Another aspect that perpetuates this is fear. There are people I know who were afraid of someone who will remain nameless because they knew of his stalking, hacking capabilities and his ability for deception and fraud and they were afraid that he would retaliate or do something to them, which was, by the way, reasonable fear. Not all fear is unreasonable. So fear keeps things in place. I already mentioned, you know, the age of the scarlet letter is gone. Well, I'm not suggesting we bring that back, people, but <laughs> it certainly would help those of us stay away from bad people. I already mentioned lack of assertiveness. Another piece that perpetuates this is our overall, overall in society and overall in the world, we are not, we've not come to the table to have this breadth of understanding of the science of psychoneuroimmunology to understand the physical, emotional, cognitive, behavioral impacts of betrayal or being conned or swindled or anything else. So we're, we just, ha no, because, this is my assertion, if people woke up and became aware of how deeply problematic and deeply painful 
and the things that this can cause, betrayal, I think there would be there would be some level of shift. Another thing that perpetuates this is we have increased mental health issues. Our mental health in the world is not improving overall. If you look at the statistics, our addictions aren't improving, the suicide rates aren't improving, uh, our physical health isn't improving. Things are not going in the right direction, and that includes increased mental health problems. Now. The other thing I would say that helps to perpetuate this is the punishments for fraud and betrayal are either low or non-existent, or they're too hard to prove or pursue. So for example, if you had an attorney who defrauded you of $8,000, hmm, oh yeah, I know somebody that happened to, uh, at the beginning of a divorce, and you went through all of the steps, every single complicated step to remedy that and then there's no remedy. You can't even necessarily sue. Some of these attorneys are vicious and will just, if you read some of the stories online, they will, they will just take you out. You have to be careful who you mess with in the legal system because they, that some of them are just the most malicious, evil people. So the punishments and, and the betrayal for betrayal and fraud are either low or non-existent or it's too hard to get the remedy. And then there's the ripple effect. The more people that do it, the more acceptable it appears to others. Now, I'm not talking that betrayal in any form is acceptable or good. It's not good. It's not good for your mental health. It's not good for you emotionally. And if you look at the research, now we have like psychopaths who have no empathy. They're not thinking about the bad shit they did to other people. No, they're not. It would act, you'd actually have to have a conscience to think about that. But this is not good for people. It's not good for the people who do it, but it's not good for society. So how, how, what are you going to do about this and how can this benefit you? Well, life involves many, many different painful things. Fraud, betrayal, being swindled, swindled conned, hoodwinked is one of them. But it's only one of them. So for you to benefit from any past betrayals or fraud or being swindled, it would behoove you to begin to grow and develop as a person, to start to learn how to deal with your emotions. This is a thing that dealing with your emotions is not what we teach people. It's not commonly known. And there's just, it's, it's the whole area of managing and processing your emotions is kind of in my opinion, a little bit of a cesspool and a pit. So you can take a trauma like being betrayed, whether it was infidelity or something at work or, you know, your, all of your money was stolen or whatever, and you can have it be a turning point for you. You can have it be a pivotal point where you intentionally took back your power. I, I, by the way, am a big fan of taking back your power. I'm also a big fan, by the way, of taking the high road. And in my opinion, you want to have, hopefully, the best, most powerful, happy life ever. Laughing, having fun, love and affection, like everything, all the good stuff for you. So take the high road because revenge is not good for you. I did not include a section on revenge here, but let me just tell you. We know from the research, revenge, that, that's like a poison. It's like holding a grudge. You want to hold a grudge? Go right ahead. But you would be well informed to understand, or well, you would do well to understand 
that holding a grudge is basically a poison that you're taking all the time. Forgiveness is the most powerful path, and you don't have to forgive. It's up to you. But you should understand, if you're going to hold a grudge, there's an impact on you, and not, not a positive one. So hopefully you're going to take the high road and take back your power to help you do that. On my website, under the Newsweek logo, is a free emotional workbook. It's free. It's about 20-some pages. We are on version 5.0, and what I am doing is I have been deconstructing what I do to manage and process my emotions. Well, I've been doing this uh, since I learned that I am apparently like super extraordinary in managing and processing my emotions. Well, how would I know that? Like, how in the world would I ever know that? Because A, I'm not a therapist, and B, there seems to be no consensus about how you even do that. And if you look online, you will find punch a pillow, rip up a paper, draw a picture, talk to somebody. That's not what happens in your head. Those are actions to take, and there's nothing wrong with those actions. I'm not against those actions, but that's not the pieces that you do in your head. What do you do in your head? This is what I've covered in my workbook. So there are many aspects that you need to understand when you're managing and processing your emotions. So for example, are you the safe person? Well, you may or may not be the safe person, but if you're managing and processing your emotions about a betrayal or an upset, it would be helpful to understand if you're the safe person. Because if you're the safe person, that changes that dynamic. And it may mean that what you would look at as a betrayal might have been just them projecting or just the, you know, them unloading. So it's a real big game changer to look at all the different aspects. You hopefully want an amazing life. I hope that's what you want. If it's not what you want, I don't know why you're listening to my podcast because that's what I'm about. I have an amazing life. Even though I just had a nearly fatal car accident, I'm still chugging along. I'm still enjoying my life. No, I'm not happy I had a car accident. No, I'm not happy about any part of that. There are plenty of pieces of this that I am not happy about, but at least I cried enough in September and early October. I think the tears are pretty much done, and I have a lot to be grateful for, but I know how to manage and process my emotions. This would, this would help you. This would be like the best thing you could do for yourself, and there's no objections because I have a free workbook for you, so you don't have to go spend $25. You just have to download a free workbook read it, and start to learn it. Now, what I promise you is, if you download the free, my free downloadable workbook, again, right under the Newsweek logo, and you keep going through it over and over again, your brain will pick that up, baby. And the reason your brain will pick that up is because your brain likes and wants shortcuts. Shortcuts. And the reason your brain likes and wants shortcuts is because doing mental thinking, actually doing new thinking, requires like something like 80% more energy. It's a huge energy drain, which is why on the upside, it will give you and help you develop new neuronal pathways. So you see there's a give and take. So neuroplasticity is one of my favorite things. Psychoneuroimmunology is one of my favorite things. Well, if you're going to think new thoughts, that will help your brain grow. That will help neuroplasticity, but it requires more energy. So your brain will eventually learn the workbook if you keep going through it so that it saves energy. But do the workbook. Live your best life because you can. You do, I mean, why would you let a betrayal ruin your life? Well, 
lots of people do, go ahead. I'm just suggesting there's another option. Look inward and see where you can grow. Now there is something called post-traumatic growth. I used to call it using emotional pain to your advantage before I learned of the term post-traumatic growth because who's walking around talking about post-traumatic growth? So I do have lots of podcasts that will help you if you're dealing with this painful subject. Now, <laughs> you, when you're looking at what can I, what can I take away? How can I benefit from this? I know, like some betrayals are so bad. You really have to look for how could I, how could I improve my life? How could I benefit? So, from one of my horrible worst betrayals, I realized, oh well, looks like, looks like I polished my virtues. Lucky me. You know, my tolerance, my patience, my compassion, my empathy for mental health illnesses and psychopathology. Then I learned about the psychopath checklist, the psychopath checklist revised, the psychopath, che psychopath checklist screening version, as well as the fascinating Dr. Robert Hare of Canada and tactics of manipulation. So you can see my life will never be the same having learned all of that and having new, more polished, more polished virtues, I know. Oh, it's not the thing we want, like, oh yeah, let's polish our virtues. So betrayal is deeply painful, and I hope at this point, before I wrap up with some final suggestions for you, you are getting the significance of betrayal, of being conned or hoodwinked or swindled, whether it's money or your heart or your love or what have you. This is very, very problematic and significant. And hopefully, hopefully you're not going through it. You're not being swindled or conned or duped or, you know, cheated on or whatnot. But you would bring compassion and love to the people in your life who are dealing with the betrayal. Because sometimes when people don't have emotional skills, the way that they handle someone else going through pain is by saying, Oh, just toughen up, get over it. Well, I'm suggesting gently that telling someone who's going through a betrayal, whether it's information, they've, their money's been stolen, they were cheated on, you know, they're getting divorced because of an affair, what have you. Hopefully you can see this is deeply painful and can cause health problems. You will be more compassionate. Telling people just get over it, move on. It's not the most helpful thing. So if you're dealing with being betrayed of any form, here's some final suggestions for you. Number one, it may seem counterintuitive after a betrayal, but bring love and affection into your life. Lots and lots of love, lots and lots of affection, which does not have to be in the romantic form, by the way. You can have love and affection in your life in a platonic setting. I should know. I'm still waiting for the man of my dreams to show up, and someday he will. I know he will. Um, but I'm having platonic love and affection from family and friends and at some point whenever I'll have romantic love and affection too but bring love and affection into your life again it doesn't have to be romantic if you're giving up on romantic though you're giving up on romantic but otherwise love and affection next self-care and self-compassion look around the world do people look well cared for no they don't people look tired People look haggard. People look worn out. Worn out. Um, people are not taking care of themselves. So put that on your list. And if you are 
in the world and have people in your life, take people with you and say, hey, we're going on the self-care and self-compassion journey. How, let's, let's meet for lunch and talk about how we're going to do it and then do it together. My next suggestion is personal growth and development. I am the diehard fan. It is what all of my content is about, right? My content is about how to grow and develop because you want to have an amazing life. And where people fall down is they get stuck when something bad happens. And they get stuck because they do not know how to manage and process their emotions. So put growth and development on your list. And all my content is free, so you have no excuse. Rational thinking. Oh, dear Lord. Why we are not talking about this every day escapes me. It really escapes me. And it could be because the percentage of people who are rational is so low. I'm not, I haven't given out a number on rational thinkers versus irrational thinkers because I'm still researching it. I haven't, I like to give accurate figures. I'm re I really, I really have a thing about being truthful and accurate because why would I want to be misleading? I'd rather say nothing and say, I really don't know, than be misleading. But rational thinking has got to be on your list. And I have a podcast on cognitive distortions, which would be the podcast to listen to to understand rational thinking. My next suggestion I already mentioned in the podcast, which is forgiveness versus grudges. You don't have to forgive, it, forgive anyone. You really don't. But forgiveness is for you. And I have a podcast that will kind of lay that out for you in great detail. Set goals and get going. I don't know what you're waiting for. Well, I know what you're waiting for. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're waiting for. Because, like, for me, you want to have fun. Like, life can be so much fun. We, like, I've had every bad thing happen to me, almost, that you could possibly have. And I've still had this amazing life. I've had more miracles than most people that I know of. So get a reward system. Get some people together, even if it's just one, and get going on your life. Have it be playful and fun or you can be serious it's really it's, see this is your life so you get to choose you get to do it how you want and i would absolutely beg you to download the free emotional processing workbook and start to read it and start to say oh i've it's a workbook now so there are questions for you to answer to try to help you sort things out you will not regret learning how to manage and process your emotions. I promise you, you will not regret it. It will take a little time, but it's not, this is like, listen, I'm not like the smartest cookie in the tray. I'm like decent with my intelligence, but like, I'm not some genius or some like, you know, really uber smart person. And if I can figure this stuff out, people, you can too. I, I'm not, I don't present stuff that's hard. Like life is already hard, don't make it harder. I hope that was helpful. That's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast. Episode number 139, I have been betrayed, con, or hoodwinked. I hope that you got some new ideas on how you might deal with or better deal with this very, very problematic and painful situation giving you new room for a bright, beautiful life despite the betrayal or being conned. I hope you will share this podcast with other people because this is a common problem and people need help. Please subscribe to my podcast so you get the new ones automatically. Visit me at my website. That's all. I love you. Take care. Hang in there for now.